eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Emergency edition. We are brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. emergency edition of the coast to coast podcast as you all are aware if we're doing an emergency pod it means there has been some sort of tectonic shift in the world of carolina basketball and today is no exception unfortunately probably not the positive one you're used to hearing uh from us because typically when we join you we're talking about commitments or uh you know porter transfer commitments or what have you well this is something that we mentioned on our our last episode of the show and it had you know it had been discussed that there was a potential for Gigi Jackson to not end up at North Carolina and decommit and, and head elsewhere. Well, that has come to pass. With me, as always, the two guys that you really subscribe to the show to hear, Sean Moran, Sherelle McMillan. Sean, how you feeling, dude? <laughs> uh, I mean, pretty pretty good, despite this being our first uh, first decommitment pod, so hopefully <laughs> not not too many more, more of those. But Yeah, well, it's the first time for everything. It's just one thing my old man always taught me. Sherelle, how you feeling? I'm all right. You see, I'm in a collar shirt, so uh, yeah, this is a big deal. A big day. Yeah, it's just, it's just huge. I mean, you well, you've also got like the very uh, the very comfortable surroundings behind you. You know, you got the couch, you got the very beautiful sun window behind you. I mean, that's I I, I told Sean before we started, I was fully expecting you to be hosting a high tea today. So, uh, nonetheless, here we are talking about Gigi Jackson decommitting from North Carolina. Cheryl, I'm gonna come to you first. How did we get here? Yeah, my, my grandma would say, uh, don't get me the lion. So I will be very careful uh, in the words that I pick. I, I think um, from the start, there was some hesitation, I think, from folks around GG, people who know him well, people in the circle, however you want to call it, about uh, North Carolina. Maybe not as much hesitation around North Carolina, but just that much advocacy for South Carolina. And after he committed, even then, there were you know kind of faint whispers of stuff happening. Um, but I never really thought that it would get to the point of a decommitment. Um, and I think it, you can really trace it back to uh, the work that Frank Martin did for South Carolina. They, they, even though he got fired, they should really be giving him an assist because he kind of had everything worked out um, so that Gigi could reclassify into 2022 um, and then show up in Columbia next month, which makes it easier for him to enter uh, the NBA draft next year. So I think a part of it is uh, a pull to home. I think a part of it is uh, getting to the NBA quicker, um, you know, this upcoming June. 
Um, I don't think he dislikes North Carolina. Um, I just think it's one of those situations where as time went on, um, kind of the, the voices around South Carolina um, and the want to, as far as staying home, all coupled to make him reach a decommitment, which is the first one um, that Carolina has had, you know, in, in, the, in modern ages, you know, people always point back to Tom McMillan. Tom McMillan. Early, so, yeah, back, <laughs> my cousin, uh, not really. Uh, back, <laughs> back in the early 70s is the only other one. But, you know, uh, James Van Curry was signed to UNC, but was let go because of some issues that he had. And then J.R. Smith famously went, went nuts in the McDonald's game and decided to go pro. But other than that, this is uncharted territory for UNC. I think something that has been discussed, and again, I want to give, uh, I want to give a shout out. You know, I came on here and, and essentially myself. I'm not saying Sherelle or Sean did this or Inside Carolina did this. I felt like the reporting a few weeks ago uh, from another reporter that's unaffiliated with any school uh, felt erroneous, uh, and it turns out that you know there was there was some credence to that, or we wouldn't be having this this discussion today. But Sherelle, one of the things I think that has been discussed on the Inside Carolina Premium Message Board as this has trended this way, and again, nod to you for, for kind of reporting things as you could uh, without violating any trust and any relationships you have. I think some folks here feel like that North Carolina did not want Gigi Jackson to come uh, next year. And can you disprove or comment to any of the, the things that you know about how possible it may have been for Gigi to attend North Carolina so that, you know, he could still get to the league a year early, like he's now considering and, and all of the things that we're talking about right now, was that ever on the table for North Carolina? And if so, what changed? Yeah, it definitely was, um, you know, hindsight being 2020, it worked out really well for UNC. So the timeline goes, Gigi commits at the end of April. I think it was mm -hmm. April 27th or April 28th, like a Wednesday. That Sunday was the deadline to enter the transfer portal, and Kerwin Walton entered the transfer portal, giving North Carolina one scholarship available. And so from June 1st, I mean, excuse me, from May 1st until June 16th, essentially, when Pete Nance took his official visit, mm -hmm. UNC had a scholarship open. And we do know that during that time, it was discussed, you know, with, with Gigi and his family about reclassing into UNC. And I think that was just not something that they said they wanted to do whether or not, you know, something changed in the last few months um, and made him want to reclass more or whether or not he just didn't want to reclass at UNC, don't have the answers to. I think the piece that is missing from the entire puzzle, it does seem as you start to go back and reconstruct all this going back to January. And I, trust me, I've done it a ton over the last <laughs> couple of days, more so than I probably needed to. Um, but it does seem like reclassing in 2022 was always the goal. And so the question is, why commit to UNC if that was the goal? I think maybe everyone would have saved themselves a little bit of grief um, on both sides um, had Gigi not committed and just made this announcement uh, that he's going to go to South Carolina in 2022 um, or whatever he decides to do um, in, in July. If he had just done that, I don't think anyone would be that upset. I think the issue that UNC fans seem to be having is just because he did say, I wanted to be at UNC, it's the place for me, et cetera, et cetera. And again, North Carolina's never had a decommitment in, in basketball, you know, that any of, uh, many of us listening remember. Um, so I think that was a, a unique situation, but he did have the option to reclass at UNC um, in 2022. Now, UNC would have allowed that because they liked GD that much. I don't think that necessarily was a preference. This is just me speaking my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was necessarily a preference 
of for them, but I think they would have taken him or they did offer it to him if he wanted. I appreciate you clearing that up. Sean, I think the timing of this uh, can't be uh, can't be overlooked and probably cannot be overstated. Uh, thinking about the way Gigi performed at the NBPA, obviously that changed a lot of the kind of the discussion and the national discourse around his future, both long-term and immediate. So can you give a little bit of insight as to why what he did at the NBPA is so important and why, uh, you know, the things that he showed at that particular showcase may have changed kind of his, his short-term pro prospects? Well, I think even, even before MBPA, you can, you can back up to uh, USA U18. Uh, Cause I think, you know, in the, in the spring AU periods, he, he played, played well, but he was playing on a team with, with dominant guards that, that were taking a lot of shots and he, he was playing well with what he could do. But even though he was considered by 24 seven, the number one player didn't really have that grand grand overview of you know what a number one player is and then that started to change i really think it did start with usa basketball because you go into a very competitive setting he, he's been in junior camps before but this was really the first tryout experience and with it you have guys that are going into their freshman year uh currently and you know in my opinion if if he gets cut from from that maybe he maybe he's not as ready as as a lot of people now think However, he does make the team. He comes off the bench. Uh, his second game, he has, I think, 20 points. A lot of it came in a blowout time, but he was throwing down, <laughs> uh, you know, crazy fast break dunks and picking pockets uh, at the three-point line. He didn't play the rest of the tournament, but I think that's where it started. And then he comes home. He goes to the MBPA where Sherelle was and, and by all accounts, played fantastic and was the, the MVP. And I think those two together – all of a sudden, you have a guy that dominated high school, won the state championship, maybe thinking about Oak Hill or, or prep school. Now, all of a sudden, well, well, hey, maybe, maybe I am, I am ready. Not to mention, when when we did the podcast two weeks ago, that was right around uh, USC and UCLA and all the conference chatter. And in my mind, I kept thinking, once again, this is my own personal thoughts. Was was money tends to talk in any type of situation and not money from school, but money from the NBA. And if you can get there earlier and now you feel ready that more ready than you did before, it's, it's a tough, uh, you know, train to train to stop. And I think it was a lot of those factors that played a part into everything else that Cheryl was saying as well. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I actually, I think again, um, thinking about how the fan base has reacted to this news in the last couple of weeks, it's kind of been drip by drip as opposed to just finding out about it, which maybe was probably a good thing. Um, I think in, in listening to them, the issue is that he did issue a commitment to UNC. We covered it. We were all there. I think had uh, he not, and just decided to, like I said before, just decided to go to South Carolina in 2022 um, later on or, or whatever school, I don't think anybody would, would necessarily be upset because I mean, let's face it. If you have a lottery ticket, would you cash it in 23 months or 11 months? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not waiting 23 months to cash a lottery ticket. I'm going to do it in 11 months because that's, you know, it's, it's quicker. Um, so I completely understand that. I think most rational, regional people will, will understand that as well. It's just the fact that it goes back to, well, if this was kind of in the cards and this was something they were thinking about, 
what was the impetus to go ahead and commit to UNC? You know, I, I, I'm asking questions because I don't know the answer mm -hmm. to them, frankly. Was it to reserve a spot? Was it to make sure that UNC didn't move on and go somewhere else and just wanted to keep your options open? I, I think those are the questions that um, were we able to talk to, you know, Gigi and his family would ask. But, um, you know, I'll go ahead and say I don't <laughs> personally, uh, I don't hold any ill will towards the family or, or to Gigi himself. I still think he's a great kid. I think he's just making a decision um, that is best for him at the moment. Um, I think, again, it just goes back to, you know, why commit to UNC back in April if all of this was kind of in the background and, and talked about and, um, you know, discussed. Yeah, and I, I can certainly understand folks that are frustrated from the UNC fan base and from Inside Carolina subscribers. Like, I can understand the frustration. Um, I will also echo that, you know, I think most of us in our wise mind would understand. I uh, use a lottery ticket analogy. I mean, I think about, you know, if you had a chance to go make, you know, uh, generational changing money, uh, you're going to take that opportunity sooner rather than later. Um, and also something I want to throw out there, uh, you know, I've, I've said this on social media a couple of times, but it's going to be the official stance of this podcast. Uh, you should never, never, ever, never, ever, 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 never, never, ever, never, ever, ever, never tweet at recruits. Just want to get that out there. One of the things I think that is going to be overlooked is that with with Gigi not coming to Chapel Hill, he's going to miss out on Johnny T-shirt. And I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest travesty in all of this is that he's not going to have regular access to their store on East Franklin Street. He's not going to have regular access to the uh, the 10% off that you know he might have if he were an Inside Carolina premium subscriber. He's not going to have regular access to all of the different sorts of gear that Johnny T-shirt can offer you. And that's unfortunate. Um, I think the flip side of that is when he does get uh, to his pro career more quickly, he will be able to purchase all of those fine wares sooner from Johnny T-shirt. And maybe that's what his ulterior motive is here. It's says he's actually trying to get to where he can purchase mass quantities of Johnny T-shirt gear sooner rather than later. And for that, nobody can be mad. Johnny T-Shirt, big sponsors of this show. We appreciate them. Thankful for their sponsorship, even for uh, a less than positive podcast like we're doing right now here on the Coast to Coast. Let the National Guys run some ads. We'll be right back to finish talking about Gigi Jackson, the once committed future Tar Heel, decommitting from the program. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. Thanks for being here. Coast to Coast Podcast, emergency edition of the show. Sean Moran, Cheryl McMillan, I am merely Joey Powell. Sean, something I want to ask you, what is North Carolina losing? Uh, And I guess, you know, the old adage is you can't lose something you never had. But what is this class losing by not getting Gigi Jackson to matriculate? Well, with him, it was only it was only a two man two man class, and you're getting a guy that can can play the the four spot and the five spot, a guy that can uh, very versatile defensively, uh, as well as a guy that can really get out in transition. And he he was also improving offensively just from a, a skill perspective, and got to see that MBPA with a lot of his uh, left to right, right to left crossovers and the jump shots, even. He didn't really dominate uh, at the at the EYBL that I was at in Kansas City, but you did get to see some of those some of those moves and shots. So, from an encore perspective, you're you're losing from a defensive standpoint. I think once again, it's it's rare that four or five five four that can that can really match up as well as the block shots, run the floor, and and offer a lot. Uh, more from a, a larger picture, I think UNC's losing a guy that. From an NBA perspective, would would have been a, a high high lottery pick, and and just kind of having that uh, you know that from a brand a brand image or an NBA image. So I think those are really like the, the two two different pieces. Uh, so that opens me up for the, the kind of our next question, and we'll get to wrapping it up here on the Coast Coast. Sean, uh, what's next for UNC? Sherelle, I'm going to ask you specifically about who they might target. But Sean, what do you think they're going to look to find uh, in the 2023 class to replace that? Do they go with a guy that has a similar skill set as Gigi, or are they looking for a guy that can fit that that role of a 4-5 of a or, or a traditional 4? I think they'll, they'll, they'll definitely look for somebody, but projecting out, which is uh, even harder to do now in the, the transfer portal age, one, that that can help solve issues down the road. Uh, but, but also seeing the progression of a styles, a puff, even Tyler Nickel, Jalen Washington, a lot is, there's a lot of questions around how they'll perform this year. And some of that could be solved by, by how they do and how they're looking going into that, that next season. I think, um, you know, you will see, and we've already seen a few of the, let's say fours, uh, or in Zayden's high four or five that have been, been offered. So. I think UNC will pursue it. Now it's a little bit, a little bit later, but between who they potentially could have on their team that would be in their second or third year, as well as the transfer portal, I think it, it, it's, it, can, be, it can be solved without a lot of hand-wringing. All right, Cheryl, and I'll, I'll wrap with you here, man. What do you think is next for North Carolina? I mean, obviously, uh, some offers have gone out. We get into those more um, in, the, in the traditional episode of the Coast to Coast, but what do you think is next for the staff? How are they going to kind of regroup and move forward? Um, I think they already have. And you talked about those, those two offers. I mean, we'll, we'll mention them more this weekend, but Zayden High and TJ Power, uh, two guys who play on the EYBL circuit, two guys who fit that description of t- kind of taller, rangy um, guys who are skilled, uh, which is what they're looking for at that slot. So that's a start. And then they'll, they'll continue to mine, you know, the class and, the good thing I think about the way basketball is now is that um, it, it's never it's never good or 
it doesn't help or anything like that to lose someone like Gigi Jackson, the, <laughs> the number, number one player. player in a class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's never a good thing at, at all. Um, but I think now it can be mitigated a little bit better than it could say 10 years ago, because, um, you know, it's always been as far as roster management and, and talent acquisition, it's been, well, it, you know, once November hits, you can try to sign whoever's left uh, um, in, in the spring, which usually isn't a lot of people. You look to the guys who have decommitted or been let out of their uh, national letter of intent, and you look towards graduate transfers. And that was always kind of the three buckets. But now there's that fourth bucket, which, I mean, let's be honest, is, is college free agency. So the free agent season essentially begins, um, you know, in March and will wrap up sometime usually around May. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they have opportunities to continue to um build and, and put talent on next year's team. But I do think to Sean's point, if just a couple of the guys who they have already hit and they sign someone else, then I think, um, like I said, they can mitigate this loss. But again, not to sugarcoat, it's not good to lose the number one player in the country. But um, as an aside, I'll also add, I don't think you can put any blame whatsoever of this on Hubert Davis and his staff. Yeah. Um, I think that they did what they needed to do. They hung in there through a very tough recruitment um, that they had some advantages in, but that also they had some disadvantages in. And in the end, um, well, not the very end, in the first ending, they got the player to commit. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think that still speaks highly to his ability to recruit. Um, so I don't think fans should worry when it comes to that. Um, and just moving forward, man, uh, I, I do wonder what this means, if anything, for how UNC approaches some of the top tier guys. Because um, yeah. it's it's not a, I, I can imagine it's not a great feeling um, to get that phone call if you're Hubert Davis after um, the energy you've invested in that particular yeah. player. So I do, I, I, I am looking forward to seeing if this alters their approach at all. I, I don't know that it will. Um, I feel like it might even make the, him more resolute um, than he is now when, when it comes to what they're looking for. But it is something that we're definitely be tracking. Uh, and, you know, and North Carolina fans cannot say they did not use every every arrow in their quiver because you know, as recently as last weekend, the staff was watching Gigi Jackson play basketball. So I, I don't know what else uh, folks could have expected from Hubert uh, and, and his staff to to you know get this young man to Chapel Hill. Uh, Cheryl, I'm going to wrap with this. Uh, you used this in a conversation, uh, you know, we were having earlier this week, but um you know, from Coach Smith, it, it, I think he said it best, and I think you'll agree with this, but something that I, our listeners should probably take away from the show is uh, Coach Smith's line about, you know, if you come here, North Carolina will have a chance to win a national championship. If you don't come here, North Carolina will have a chance to win a national championship. And I think that's that's probably not changing as much as it may feel massively impactful to to have the number one player in the 2023 class decommit. Um, I still think the takeaway, like you and Sean so eloquently put, will be the same as far as roster management and quality of player in the program. Anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here on the special edition of the show? What was that? There, there was a thought there, I just, man. There a- no, nah, I, I just, I'm, I feel like I'm, no matter what I say, I'm going to get yelled at, you know, once this is over offline. So I would say um, it, it has been a, a very, uh, Ben says not to use interesting. It's been a remarkable, remarkable recruitment to cover for a variety of reasons Mm -hmm. and it just it it was one where kind of every time you you thought you knew what was was going to happen something else happened and um i think that just speaks to the pressure frankly 
that happens when you are one of these top players in the country. And I know some people are upset and rightfully so I'm not telling you shouldn't be with the way maybe that parts of it have been handled. But I would also say that it's just, if you haven't been doing this and haven't been in this um, and then your son is magically the number one player in the country, Mm -hmm. it is a different world um, than you're used to. It is phone calls from people like me from five (laughs) different, you know, schools. So you had that. And then you've got three different assistant coaches from the schools recruiting you and then the head coaches. And then you probably have agents calling you and you probably have all kinds of personnel people calling you and everybody just wanting a piece, whether it's information or whether it's um, to one day, you know, curry favor. Um, It is a very difficult process. And again, I'm not saying it was handled the best, but I'm just saying that I think people should give a little grace um, because that is something that until you're thrown into it, you just have no idea what all it entails. Even us who follow recruiting, people on the board who follow recruiting, who have seen and heard all these stories, if their son became the number one player in the country, they wouldn't be prepared for it either. It's just something you have to learn and and kind of um, experience and then live through. Um, So like I said, not saying people shouldn't be upset, but I I would ask for just a a touch of grace, you know, moving forward, because like you said, Carolina's going to move on. Um, Jackson's going to move on to, you know, wherever he goes and um, that's it. So there's no need to, to rehash it over and over and over. North Carolina is going to be okay. Uh, Gigi Jackson is going to be okay. And, and on it goes. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of us can fault uh, a kid and his family for doing what they think is best for them. Uh, and Sheryl, I'm, I'm going to shock you with this. I've never been that popular where that many people were calling me to ask me and wanted a piece of me. I know that might come <laughs> as a shock to you, but that's, I'm not familiar with that. So no, I can't understand what, what Gigi and his family have been going through, but I uh, appreciate your perspective as always, Sean, thanks for giving us the, the insight that you bring uh, guys. Thanks for making time for this emergency edition of the coast to coast podcast. Uh, again, for our listeners, wish it was better news for you. Just, you know, just think for every bad one of these, there's been uh, what, 50 good ones about uh, a player committing or, or a player coming back or, or whatever. So uh, North Carolina's, you know, next moves, we will cover in detail on the next episode of the coast to coast podcast here. I'm going to interrupt you. Sorry. No, it's Last right. thing. that's the other thing. North Carolina is going to have the number one team in the country in the preseason. So <laughs> why understand uh, the frustration, <laughs> like think about what you have. If you're a North Carolina fan, what you have beginning in late September, an opportunity to do something special, an opportunity to do something great, an experienced team, maybe the most experienced team in Carolina history uh, with a, a, a wonderful, by all accounts, uh, a transfer who's going to, you know, could start at the four and just experience and, and talent. So focus on that, I would say. Hey, and worst case scenario, go watch the last three minutes of the Duke game in the final four. I don't know. I don't know anybody that can watch that and, and not feel good about where this program is going. But uh, as Sherelle and Sean have brought so much to the table, once again, stick around. We'll have a regular episode of the Coast to Coast coming up. We'll record it this coming Sunday. It'll be in your feed Sunday night, early Monday. As usual, we'll keep you abreast of anything that's happening around the Carolina basketball program because that's what Inside Carolina is known for. But for Sherelle McMillan, for Sean Moran, I'm Joey Powell. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Give johnnytshirt.com a visit. Shout out to John Siegley for producing. We will catch you guys next time on the Coast to Coast podcast. Late.
Get the champagne ready. The NBA Finals are here. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing. My goodness! Here's the high-stakes action to thrilling moments we can't miss. He ties the game at the buzzer. And to crowning our next champion. Here's a toast to the NBA Finals. The 2024 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV continue on ABC.